you are deserving of happiness. You are deserving of healing. You are deserving of joy. Whatever your dream is, whatever your passion is, work towards it. And put God first. God has to be in your life. wanted to use the skills and the training, hopefully, to advocate on behalf of the community. I'm able to say that on Chop It Up. Be prepared to, to keep it real. Hello and welcome to the Chop It Up podcast, the show that's unfiltered and unapologetic. Each episode will bring you closer to finding your purpose, so be sure to listen all the way through. Now, here's your host, Carmisha Superville. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Chop It Up podcast. Wow, you guys, we have missed you guys. Welcome back to season three. Yes, season three of the Chop It Up podcast. I cannot, I'll be remiss if we did not thank our listeners, our dedicated listeners that have championed this podcast, that have supported, that have shared it with their family and friends. So thank you so much. Guys, I'm so excited to be back after our, our hiatus. I had a great summer. I hope you as well had a great summer and a productive summer. And so we just are so ecstatic to welcome you back. You guys already know, I'm your host, Kamisha Superville, and the Chop It Up podcast is the home of unfiltered conversation. We speak about life, legacy, and leadership, and I'm so honored. I'm so excited, you guys. You guys don't understand. I'm so excited to bring up our first guest for the new season. Yes, child. And guys, I got you. We went international for this one. (laughs) We went international, guys. I'm so excited and honored to be speaking with wife. Uh, um, what else? What else can we say? She is an entrepreneur. She's a boss, babe. Uh, she's an award-winning business coach, and she is a fabulous person to know. And of course, she is a podcaster like myself. Guys, welcome our guest, Rebecca Sunuga. Welcome, Rebecca. How are you? Hey, I'm amazing. Thanks so much for asking. How are you? I am doing well. I'm so excited to talk to you. Uh, We got a chance to really build an organic relationship recently, actually. And Mm -hmm. so I'm so excited and honored that you have carved out a little time in your busy schedule, busy life to speak with us today and kind of chop it up. So you ready? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. So I gave you a little brief intro, but you know what? Tell the listeners a little bit about Rebecca. Who is Rebecca Shinuga? And I need to know where's the last name from? Because I love it, baby. This is Nigerian. So yeah, my um, dad's side of the family from Nigeria. So Shinuga is our family name. Um, So yeah. And then obviously I was brought up in the UK. And um, yeah, so for those of you who don't know me, which I'm guessing is probably every single person who's listening on your podcast, um, my name is Rebecca. So I am an entrepreneur, mindset and business coach, and also a network marketing professional. So um, alongside being a mother of two, so I've got a a three-year-old, three-month-old child and a five-year-old, both girls, and um, I have a partner as well. Uh, So yeah. But a little bit about me, I am someone who is extremely hardworking. I've always been that person who has always had that work ethic. However, I wasn't someone who came from a background which was 
from money or from a background of entrepreneurs. I didn't really have a mentor. I'm someone who threw myself into personal development in my early 20s. Now I'm in my mid-30s, which has served me well, which has gotten to the point where I am now. A multiple business owner, um, a residual multiple income earner, and essentially living a life of time freedom as well. I love that. I love that. And I love your background. And see, I didn't know that. So that's <laughs> last time we put up, I was like, not sat here. So yeah, but no, yeah. So that's my, mirror, my favorite mirror. <laughs> yes, you look fabulous. You look fabulous. All right. So let's talk a little bit about where you are now in retrospect to building and this journey, right? This journey of evolution. So let's talk a little bit about that. What is the if you can list or choose, what is the tapestry of your journey, right? So the Rebecca, let's say the 17-year-old Rebecca, I always love going back to our childhood, to today. What has that tapestry of journey been? And how can you help someone who is still searching for meaning? You know what? I have never, I know it's going to sound wild. I've never been asked that question in terms of where was I when I was 17, no one knows this. I've never spoken about this publicly whatsoever. If you saw me as a 17-year-old teenager, you would not think that I would turn out the way that I am now. I was 100% in the wrong crowds. I was 100% doing the stuff I should not be doing. I wasn't a criminal or anything to that extent. However, I was a bit mischievous. Um, and like I said, I was not from a background which was affluent I wasn't in I wasn't from a background where um people really like made anything of themselves where I grew up was quite a I'd say I want to say like a, a poor area in comparison to the, the wider community and we weren't poor don't get me wrong however that was the community that we was in um I had like I said I got into the wrong circles um I was drinking alcohol from an early age we was um, not turning up to school I fell asleep in my exams um and then at the same time I wasn't a bad kid if that makes yeah. sense um I did go to college I did go to university I didn't use my degrees in anything because I wasn't typically good at anything that was quite creative degree so I did design at college I did fashion at university um I got average grades in all of my subjects I wasn't an outstanding performer I was in the middle of sort of confident in some ways, but just didn't know who I was in other ways. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. My first job in my teenage years was working in retail. And I started to first see signs of being a leader in that role because I took my job very seriously because it's the first time I'd actually earned any money. I thought working in retail was like, oh my gosh, I'm working in a store, no way. I got to wear like the nice outfit and stuff. So I thought it was like literally a level up. Yeah, that's where I was in my life. I um, did this job, worked my way up and I became a manager in that, in that role. And I was there for quite a number of years um, before landing um, my first sales job. The reason why I went into the transition between what I was doing into working in sales was because I eventually got sick of working weekends. I eventually got sick mm. of 
um, working up until midnight on Christmas Eve, working Boxing Day. I don't know what Boxing Day is like in the US. However, in the UK, we drink a lot. Um, and when I was younger, we was partying and all that kind of stuff. I didn't want to be working during those times um, and on bank holidays as well. So um, I decided to get a job doing something else. And that job didn't last long. Um, the company closed shortly after my myself joining. During that transition, I'd already moved out of my parents' house into my first apartment because I was like working now, like properly, like full time and stuff. So I had my own money, um, and I eventually got into quite a lot of debt. I got into a lot mm -hmm. of debt. And I was struggling to find another job, which is how I ended up doing multiple sales roles. Now, when I say I was not great at sales, I 100% was not great at sales. I think I'd already painted myself a story in my head that I wasn't very talented because of how I grew up. And like I said, mm. average grades and whatnot. So my story was always, I'm quite average. Mm. And I sort of adopted that into every single role that I had. Um, I then landed a great sales job randomly and it was because the owner um, of that company saw something in me which was all of the experience I'd had in previous roles not realizing that I'd left those places because I wasn't very good and then I fell into the same pattern again and I wasn't hitting the sales I wasn't hitting the targets I wasn't making the same money as someone sat next to me so I was like this can't possibly be like my future is this literally what my life looks like like I said I'd already had a little bit of a taste of leadership and stuff from working in the retail world so I started to have my eyes opened a little bit in terms of what was what was out there especially for the fact that people was earning commission through working in sales and I weren't so I thought right okay something needs to change and because I was so hard working because I was always the first one there, the last one to go home, my boss at the time saw something in me. And he said to me one day, here, read this book. And this book was called Selling to Win. And I read this book, implemented the things in the book. Fast forward a few years, I became the top salesperson in the company, projected myself into a leadership role. Um, I landed eventually a six-figure salary in, within that company. I was in a senior position. I was at the same company for 13 years. That was a complete shift from me. And when I started to do personal development so early on in my 20s. And from there, um, from doing personal development and throughout my journey, seeking mentors, being coachable, and like I said, being exposed to another way of how I could be living my life, um, I saw that as my mission at the time, just to get as good as I could get in, in anything that I, I applied myself to. I started my first um, online business in January 2020, very excited about it in the travel industry. And then a few months later, we went into lockdown. So yeah. I was like, okay, right, okay, so I've just started a travel business. Now no one can fly anywhere. Great timing. But like I said, I'd already by this point built a good um, consistent amount of years working on my growth, working on my development. I was still working corporate at this moment in time. Um, I still had that security. And I just thought, you know what? I'm, I'm, it's not it's not me to give up. And I just continued. And I thought at the end of the day, working in travel, what's the worst thing that can happen aside from COVID? Nothing. So I thought if my business gets through this, it survived the worst thing that could possibly happen. And it did, and it thrived. Um, what I was also doing throughout lockdown was um, putting my um, 
like the skills and the mindset that I developed through my personal development journey into practice. And I started doing Instagram lives and Facebook lives just purely to save. Um, well, my idea was to save as many lives as I could because there were people committing suicide left, right and center during COVID. Obviously, people who were like living on their own, people who were like lonely, people who'd lost their jobs and whatnot. Um, so I took it upon myself as my duty in a way. And that was what I was doing for the community. And one of the things that I really pinned my business success to was, it's going to sound so odd this, I stumbled across a beautician. So it was this guy and he was advertising like lashes and brows and stuff. And he was on my Facebook and he was literally posting like eight times a day. And But no one could go see him because he was in lockdown. And I remember messaging him saying, wow, you are really showing up. Like, I'm just saying hats off to you, incredible. And his response, I can't remember the exact thing that he said, but basically he said something along the lines of, people can't come to me now, but they'll remember me when they can. So then Mm -hmm. I thought, you know what? I want that level of work ethic, even though people aren't necessarily traveling and people were skeptical about joining an online business opportunity in the travel industry at that time. Carried on posting as much as I could. I took the opportunity to learn as much about the industry as I possibly could, learn as much as I could about travel, learn as much as I could about network marketing. So that's what the opportunity was. Then, like I said, in the background, I was doing all of these lives and Facebook lives. Um, someone, well, it started off as one person, which then ended up multiple people. People then decided to approach me on Instagram and Facebook asking for one-to-one coaching. And I was like, Oh, so people actually like my mindset is actually like helping people that much. They want to be coached by me. And that's how I ended up launching my first coaching business. So I launched my coaching business in lockdown too. And I started off coaching people on a one-to-one basis, mindset related. So these are people from all different walks of life. Some were entrepreneurs, some were professionals, some were stay-at-home parents, um, so many different roles, so many different kinds of people, all the different ages, men, women, um, you name it. If they wanted to level up their mindset, they were they was coming to me. And yeah. then what happened was I was in a bit of a limbo of building my businesses, being a parent, being a partner, like doing everything. Um, and then in the at the end of 2020, I hit burnout. So I got mm. severely burnt out to the point where I really struggled. I could not pick my phone up, bearing in mind I was working on social media. Um, I didn't post anything. It was quite bad. No one really knew because I was quite good at covering it up, but I genuinely didn't touch my business for, for a few months, businesses, mm. shall I say. Um, I was just showing up for my existing clients and that was it. Um, and then that was when things changed again. And I thought something needs to change in terms of how I'm spending my days. Um, because I was such a hard worker, like I said, and because I'd always worked hard for everything that I got, like I wasn't a gifted salesperson, as an example, I had to really develop myself and develop my skill set in order to get that. I worked my way up the corporate ladder, yes, but it 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 was a lot of work. I built my businesses up from zero to where they where they are now through one of the most challenging parts of many of our lives, which was the global pandemic. So nothing seemed to come easy, which meant I overcompensated with working extremely hard until the point I ran myself to the ground. So then I made a mm. contribution to change the way I was working. I became more present with my daughter at the time. 
Um, I started looking after my health a lot more. I started to be a bit more sociable and I started to look at how I was running my businesses and my coaching business then, that's when I decided to explore looking at ways I could help more people um, without it using as much as my energy. So I transitioned from one-to-one coaching to more online and group coaching. I still do some one-to-one, but not to the same extent as what I did before. Um, I then um, got pregnant with my second child in um, 2020. And, um, and then, yeah, ultimately up until this point, what I what I want people to take from this is it starts with you first need to open your eyes. So if I was quite lucky in my journey, because if I didn't have that mentor who said to me, here, read this book, and then I got results from the book, I probably would have already had in my head, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that, because of my previous experiences. Whereas what I want people to take from my story is it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter the adversity you've gone through. It doesn't matter who you were at that point. Um, However, once you can see where your life can go and you're exposed as much as possible to what is possible, then you need to take the action steps in order to level up is what I'm saying. So how you can expose yourself is by following inspirational people on social media, buying books, listening to podcasts like this, um, and implementing some of the things that people are, are, are saying, write your goals down. Why can't you live a life of your living on your terms? Why not? Like I, like I said at the beginning, I've created multiple passive income streams now. I technically, technically don't need to work ever again in my life. If I don't want to, I'll always get paid. Um, but I choose to do so because I've got plenty more people who I want to help. I want to be um, a great example for my little girls and so on. But if I, if someone would have said to me when I was 17, that's what my life would have looked like. And I would have coached hundreds of people. I would be a podcast host. I would be getting interviewed on a podcast. I would be um, a top earner and a top leader in a network marketing industry. Then I would have been like, what's, what's residual income? <laughs> I would have been like, what's residual income? What's network marketing? Uh, what's what? How do you get into a podcast? I would not have had a clue. And I've had to learn all of that. And for me, like I said, I was in the wrong circles and I still managed to get to where I am now. Some people um, might be in a completely different situation, which they see as like worse than what I was in or whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, it absolutely doesn't matter. As long as you've got some sort of vision and some self-worth, um, and like I said, you're having your eyes open to what's possible. There's nothing stopping you from achieving what's possible as well. I love that. I love that. So what I took away is mentorship was key, right? And I took away that you didn't settle. So this is where I am, but I'm not settling. I can, I can reimagine or, or envision a better life for myself and mm-hmm. also duplication, following the duplication process, being open to learning. That's what I took away. And I love that. And congrats to you as well, because you also have been recognized as the top 30 inspiring women to look out for. Mm -hmm. And I can see why. And that's in a New York uh, journal. How did that come about? I'm curious. Um, I was approached randomly um, on Instagram and I was quite skeptical. I was a bit like, hmm, is this like legit? 
Um, and then anyway, I ended up having a call with someone. They sent me a load of stuff via email. Um, I checked out what it was all about. Um, looked at previous things as well that they'd been posting and other women who were in it. And I just thought, yeah, go ahead, go in it. And you know what? It was great because I actually made some great connections as well. Like I'm someone who now values so much about getting around the right people. Like this is touching on what I said before about how I was in the wrong circles. This is why it's so important to have a look at who your friends are because there's not a chance that me, even in my early 20s, I would have even been like thought of to even be anything like that and absolutely right yeah whereas now I make a conscious effort to make as many connections as possible with people who are either like me and they are putting out value inspiring others or people who I aspire to be like um just essentially anyone good vibes good vibes good conversation people who are doing something with their lives um and I connected with quite a lot of amazing women from and being part of that as well, which was incredible. Absolutely. And I have to agree with that. Recently, uh, you and I, you actually, you couldn't make it in New York City, but you invited me out to a private event that you and your business partners was hosting in New York City. And it was so amazing really being amongst your folks, right? In that community, everyone was so uplifting. I was able to also connect with a few other folks as well. So you're absolutely right. You have to you definitely have to pay to be in the room. Um, and sometimes it's not, Rebecca, and you can agree with me on this. Sometimes it's not a monetary exchange. Sometimes sometimes it's an intrinsic value. It's a synergy because you and I never met in person, but you, you just saw something in me and I saw something in you and we were able to pour into each other. And right? Yeah, so that's amazing. Talk, talk a little bit about that because so many times we are living in a society right now where folks are saying your network equals your net worth. Your network equals your net worth. And you do have to pay to be in the rooms. But talk a little bit about that. Do you agree? Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I would say I, would, I do agree. Um, at the same time, I'd also say that it's if you're not in the right circles now, it doesn't mean you're not going to be successful. It doesn't mean that you can't have what other people have got and what you aspire to be like. I had no great network for a long time. Um, I understand now the power of building networks because for me as well, I think you develops other skills because yeah, it's about getting around the right people, but it's not about being just a sponge. Yeah? You don't just want to be taken and taken and taken and taken. This is what I want to say this and some people are going to be like oh my gosh that was me but um like people say like oh like do you want to meet up for a coffee so I can pick your brains oh do you want to do this so we can I can like ask you all about this and it's like okay um one I don't like coffee so that's on my way out how I always get out of it I'm like I don't like coffee but whatever um but one bit of advice I will say, if you are someone who's listening to this and you're looking at the people around you and you're thinking, yeah, I've not really got anyone who's uplifting, not really got anyone who's supportive. I've got no one who is um, keeping me accountable. I've got no one who's really like making me strive to be the best version of myself. How can I get in the right circles and stuff? Genuinely, if you're not going to provide some value back, then you're going to be paying a lot of physical money, Yeah unless you can find a mentor who really just wants to coach you for free or whatever people aren't going to do that so my first tip that I'd give to someone is 
invest in yourself financially. It's not the be all and end all. There's so much free content that you can get, um, that you can get like, you know, online podcasts, YouTube videos and so on. Uh, just look at any of our Instagram pages for a start. It's a great place for people to start, isn't it? Um, they're going to get inspired just from doing that. However, some of my great friends are people who I invested in first in terms of mentorship and coaching. So I would say if that is accessible for you and you are someone who does have that income that you can um, invest in yourself financially, 100% I'm always an advocate for that. However, if not, it's not a big deal because you can build these relationships um, and you need to be thinking about how you can add value to them as well. Mm-hmm. And you might be thinking, oh, like how, like I'm only just starting off my journey. How can I approach a seven figure earner when I'm like still working my nine to five and I've not really made any money yet and whatnot. And you can, because at the end of the day, people see value in different things. At the end, if you're a good person, um, you're super supportive to them. Um, there's nothing stopping you from reaching out to someone and just introducing yourself and just say, having following you. Um, I find you so inspiring. I'd love to meet you one day. Um, but then you'd but you're not being but you're not zapping the energy, you're not like just asking for loads of free stuff, you know what I mean? Um, and building a genuine relationship, always being that person to comment and like on the pictures, um, always replying to the stories, they're gonna start noticing you. And then when they look at your page, show up yourself. Like, what are the things that you're passionate about? What are the things that you believe in? You don't necessarily have to be an entrepreneur. You don't necessarily have to have um, money goals. But what is it about you that is going to is showing that you are adding some sort of value into the to the universe, into the world? And that's what's going to attract the right people to you. Um, and then when I say it about developing your skills as well, so many people are just so introverted. They clam up in a conversation. The more people you connect with, the better you're going to be in person, the better you are going to be. Like when you do like bump into someone randomly, you might not know much about that person. You know, you're like you're in a restaurant or you're in a bar or whatever and you like casually bump into someone if you're just going to clam up and not be able to hold a conversation again you're going to be missing out on so many opportunities many of my relationships that I've built are just people who have just come across day to day but when I say I was an introvert I was introverted I used to oh my gosh I used to hate speaking to people who I didn't know and things like that but I just think over time you get better at that so I hope that helps I'm, I'm the type of person who just talk quite fast I like to give more, like as much information as possible. But yeah, those are my top tips that I would say um, in order to create more um, relationships and also how to hold them down too. I love it. I love it. I guess our takeaway is exactly what you said, building genuine relationships. I think that is key. I think when you build those genuine relationships and synergies, so many different ebbs and flows can come from that. You know, it's crazy. I recently went to a, um, a authenticity authenticity workshop, which was hosted by a great group of our male counterparts. And it was for men. It was literally for men. But I was like, you know what? Wherever men are, that's where I need to be. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I signed up. I registered. But Rebecca, when I tell you, I kind of was skeptic as well, because I was like, what is this workshop going to be about? But I'm willing to hear what men thinks. I'm always curious to know, you know, the different sexes. I'm always curious to know what men think. So it was really interesting. But 
the workshop was so beautiful. It was so intimate. And it spoke about what you're talking about. It spoke, it spoke about authenticity and building those genuine relationships. During the workshop, they were literally having like different smaller groups where individuals or the attendees can really build those type of intimate relationship and unmask, unmask that personality, that persona. And so you're absolutely right. Talk a little bit, a little bit about authenticity. I think this was so profound, this workshop. So I wanted to ask you, what does it mean to be an authentic leader? Now you're in this great ro role um, in your life, whether it be you know, entrepreneurship, right? Or mommy, being a wife and so forth and so many different layers. But what does it mean to be an authentic leader in your oh, role today? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Great question. So first of all, you need to be practicing what you preach. So as a leader, you lead by example. You would never get someone else to do what you've not never done before. Did that make sense? Um, so I would never preach to someone how important it is to be authentic if I wasn't 100% authentic myself. So that's the first step. You need to learn how to be authentic. You need to learn how to show up as a true authentic version of you unapologetically. You need to show up as a true version of you and understand that you are going to have haters. You're going to have people who don't understand you. You're going to have people who aren't necessarily following you along that journey. And that's okay. You're not supposed to be for everyone. You're supposed to be for your people. And that's what's important. And then when it comes to leadership, it's been completely transparent always. I am quite a direct person. I'll say quite very direct person. Um, I'm very transparent. And I'm like, in a sense, I'm very honest. Um, I am a leader of integrity. And I think that is the most important thing. Like what you see is what you get. I'm the same on my Instagram as I am on Zoom. I'm the same on my podcast as I am doing something else. Um, I am not different personalities. I adapt well to different situations. I have a large organization, meaning that I deal with many different personalities. I dealt with many different personalities in the corporate world. For those of you who don't know, because I didn't really explain what I do, I was a head of sales in a large corporate organization. Um, and I was um, mentoring and developing other leaders throughout that role. So those are my biggest things that I would say. It starts from you. You have to be authentic yourself. Um, you have to be a real person. You have to also, like I said, have integrity. You have to be transparent. You need to be honest and trustworthy at all times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for that. So amazing. So let's segue a little bit, shall we? So you spoke um, about your upbringing and you spoke how that has also shaped, you know, who you are and kind of where you wanted to be um, in your professional life and so on. So let's talk a little bit about adversity. So many times we look at Instagram and we may look at different folks and their well-curated feeds or we may, like you had mentioned earlier, we may look up to someone that we deem successful, but we don't know their story, right? And so let's talk a little bit about that. Let's go a little deep in this conversation. Now, you were once killing it on, in a corporate space, um, but there was a transition. Something happened and you there was a loss in your mm -hmm. life. Talk a little bit about that. How did the miscarriage come about? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as I mentioned, I was pregnant in 2020. Um, sadly, I lost that baby. So just to clear it up, 
um, for obviously your listeners, because um, I'm not sure if it's the same uh, in the US as it is in the UK. So um, a miscarriage is, is not actually the, the what I experienced. So um, what I experienced was a stillbirth. So a stillbirth is where your baby is so far developed, you're so far on in your pregnancy that should you have given birth, your baby is very likely to survive, even if it was a bit premature. Does that make sense? So I was very, very far along. The difference between a stillbirth and miscarriage means that as as, as horrible as it sounds, you don't get much support, as you don't get much support when you have a miscarriage. Um, your baby's seen as not as developed, um, they're a lot more common and you just sort of get like plonked back into your normal day-to-day life of course it's very traumatic for every single person who goes through that experience it's not nice to lose a baby at any point however stillbirth is where you are um a lot further on in the journey your baby's developed it's a full human um sadly I gave birth to a baby that wasn't alive and um that was the ch- most biggest challenge I've ever experienced in my whole entire life. Um, like I said, I've been through adversity before, but nothing, never experienced a loss like that. To the point where I'd had my baby shower, I had sorted out the nursery. We had bought things like we was literally ready for this baby and she didn't end up being, being there. Um, like I said, I gave birth to a, a baby that had passed away. Um, we spent... Um, a couple of days in hospital with her. What they also do in the UK is they put um, your baby in like a cot, um, but it's like um, with like a cover type of thing over it. So your baby like lasts, but then over time you can see your baby changing and stuff because obviously it's not alive. Um, you name your baby, you still go and like do everything. You have a proper funeral, like it's full, like it's, it's, it's intense, okay? So during that time, um I also went on maternity leave because when you go when you have when you experience a stillbirth in comparison to a miscarriage you're entitled to full maternity leave in the UK um which is nine to 12 months whatever you decide that you want to take which I know is a lot more than than in the US um yeah so, <laughs> so I was entitled to full maternity leave anyway so I wasn't working at the time there were structural changes at, my, at the company I was working in um I at that point had already created um, a residual income through the travel opportunity that was a part of. I was already um, extremely successful as a coach. I knew that I didn't need to go back. What happened as well was that um, the company was um, going through some structural changes. So it wouldn't have been the same if I would have gone back anyway. And um, I decided to part ways with that company and I completely left the corporate world. I've never looked back since. Some people say to me now, like, wow, 13 years in the same company, do you not miss it? Not one bit. What I realized from being out of it is that how replaceable you are in the corporate world. I got loads of support around the loss of my baby. Once that fizzled out and people started going back to the normal lives um, and people started to forget about that, what had happened, hardly spoke to anyone since then. Um, So that's one thing I'd say about it. Another thing as well is um, it really made it really identified like when I was off work as well at the same time like how much I want I enjoyed being off how much I enjoyed the flexibility how much I enjoyed um, not doing the commute not sitting in meeting after meeting after meeting and I decided then that it was time it was the perfect opportunity to change my complete circumstances and also to look after myself a little bit more. Unfortunately, despite loads of tests that I had after my experience, 
um, the results of my baby's death was inconclusive. So I still have no idea now till this day the reason why she passed away. Um, from the outsider looking in, there was nothing wrong with her. So what I put that down to is, was it something to do with me? Was I working too much? Um, you know, like, was it like, could I, could I have been looked after myself better? And that's another thing as well, where it opened my eyes um, and why I value so much and why I'm so grateful that I'm in the opportunity where I can live a life on my terms that I now do have so much more of a home work-life balance. If I don't want to mm. work, I don't work. Um, I still work most days because I love it. I still do a bit on the weekends because I love it. Um, however, I don't have to anymore. And it's having them choices. One of my biggest learnings throughout that experience was how strong I was as a person. And how I said before about being a leader, how you need to lead by example, you're practicing what you preach. It was a prime example of that is exactly what I do. I was able to continue to run the businesses despite going through that experience. I was very transparent on my social media of what I was going through, but I was still showing up. I was still doing what I needed to do. Um, my businesses were still growing. I was still seeing results. Um, and ultimately that's, that's what happened. And yeah. And another thing that I really took from it as well was a whole sense of gratitude. The reason for that was I know that some mothers and some fathers never get an opportunity. I saw people who, who want to be mothers and fathers, shall I say, some people never get the opportunity to hold their own child. Yeah. My child wasn't alive, but I, I held her. You know, that makes sense. I held her. I was with her. Um, she got named. She had a beautiful funeral. Um, she's still very much part of our lives. My five-year-old daughter says goodnight to her every evening. She mentions her every single day. And even though, like I said, it was a, it was a horrible experience at the time, I still took so much lovely things from it as well. Um, and again, it confirmed everything that I was 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 doing. So I thought, you know what, like it just goes to show like how how strong I am as a person, you know what I mean? And people were really inspired by that and really inspired by my journey. Um, and it also meant I was able to help other people who were going through similar experiences or who had gone through similar experiences um, because I could relate to them. So, yeah, I feel like I helped quite a lot of people through what they were going through as well. Oh, man, that's so beautiful. I'm sitting here just like, absolutely, you have empowered so many. You've even touched me with that beautiful story. And thank you for sharing. I know it wasn't easy, so thank well, you. Sharon absolutely so yeah I think you touched on it how has that experience really impacted your business in one word how has it impacted your business today yeah it's helped me my business in terms of people know I'm the real deal they knew already um like I said I've always been authentic um I've always spoke about like if you like I've got about 150 podcast episodes up now if you listen to my first podcast in comparison to the kind of podcast I do now it's so different and um, people have seen my journey I've been so transparent about my personal growth journey um and that was that was no different so I think it just cemented the fact that um I was the real deal it also like I said inspired many people and ultimately that's always going to be good for business because it means that the um people who I already had, the people who were already getting value, the people who are already inspired, 
um, they're going to continue to share the content. They're going to continue to share the content. They're going to continue to recommend um, my podcast, my business, my coaching services to others. Um, and in the long run, it probably helps my business in a way. Um, because like I said, there was, I've gone through something and I've been able to overcome it. So now I can, I've, I've got a, a strong story of where I can help other people. Not everyone relates to, oh, I was in the wrong circles, that kind of thing. Um, some people like big deal, whereas to experience such a loss, not many people go through that. It's a very rare thing, um, to go through in terms of a stillbirth, and it's probably the, one of the worst things you can go through as a human. So um, I know everyone else who it impacts. One thing I didn't touch on was the fact that I had to tell my daughter, who was four at the time, that her sister wasn't coming anymore. Um, it was telling family members. It was that kind of thing. And people who weren't as resilient as me in terms of the mindset, um, other people who hadn't been on that personal development journey, um, who took it extremely hard as well so I felt like even though it happened to me um, and I was the main person myself and my partner and my little girl I felt like I was that person who was the strong one if that makes mm. sense absolutely were you supported by your partner how did 100%. he take it yeah 100% he took it he took it um very badly um yes. so the day that it happened um he was two and a half hours away um, he was working away um, and he got a phone call from the hospital. They wouldn't tell him what was wrong. They just said he had to come to the hospital straight away. So he knew it was not good, but they wouldn't tell him because they knew he had to have, he had to drive two and a half hours to get there. Um, I've never seen him so upset ever. Um, so it wasn't easy, but we were both incredibly supportive of each other. And I think that was another thing that came out of it as well. Like now I know no matter what we go through, we're always going to be there for each other. And that's, I think that's the, one of the biggest things I took away from that. I had huge, I had huge support um, in my personal life and on social media. The amount of bunches of flowers I received was crazy. As, a, as, an, as an example, like I just felt like that's another thing that really got me through. Like people were, and I think because I'd given so much and I was I'm always a person who gives value everywhere I possibly can and I'm so attentive to other people I think when the tables turned and I needed that support that was definitely something that got me through because I don't want it to come across like it didn't impact me just because I'm a strong person it was hell it was horrible um I cried and cried and cried and cried and cried um however it's how you respond to those challenging situations and the fact that I had so much support again just confirmed to me that I was on the right path because um people felt like they wanted to do those nice things for me as well if that makes sense Absolutely. You know, that's amazing. And it's profound what you just said, because I was recently listening to Gary V and Gary V is like a huge social media marketer guru, you name it. But he said something, he said something to the fact of a lot of folks sometimes are struggling as to why their business is not thriving, why their followers are not really buying from them or engaging, but folks are selling a lifestyle. Folks are selling not their story, but they're selling to the consumer. They're selling to their audience as opposed to selling their story. And that really resonated with me. And you are just a living proof that you have to sell your story. Once you sell that and you position that well, 
folks will be connected to you and you will be able to build a customer supply chain. Um, so you're absolutely right. I think that story is so well needed to share because there's so many families that go through that. So thank you for you know sharing that, especially in this space. Um, so let's switch gears a little bit as we conclude such an amazing conversation about why you really are a boss wife. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I wanted to entitle it that um, and, and expand on that in terms of so many folks talk about boss girl or boss babe, um, but you really embody that. So, you know, this podcast, this season, we really want to talk to different folks and we have a few guests. Guys, stay tuned. We have a few guests that we will be speaking kind of like internationally as well. Um, but I wanted to ask you, legacy, as we conclude a conversation here, what does legacy mean in relation to financial empowerment, especially, especially for women what does your, Rebecca, what does your legacy mean in relation to financial empowerment? Great question. So first of all, legacy for me means that you live on, yeah? You don't pass away and then that's it. Um, you pass away and you're still providing value. Legacy for me is essentially you don't die. And... That's what I mean by legacy. And when you say legacy in terms of a financial perspective, there's different ways you can build a legacy financially. My family is sorted now. Um, the reason being the part of the travel business opportunity. So I mentioned before, I'm in a network marketing opportunity. Um, I now have a willable income. Every single thing that I do now to grow that up, up till the end of my life is gonna pay my daughters for the rest of their lives after I'm gone. Um, so that's what it means in terms of financial, like setting yourself up. It's not just thinking about you. Like I said, I was in a position where I didn't really have the mentors. I wasn't poor, you know, I'm not going to pretend and say that I was. I'm not going to say I had a bad childhood because I didn't. However, I definitely was in the wrong circles. Like I said, um, I went down a few wrong paths um, and I probably didn't have the best start to my adulthood. Let's say that. And <laughs> legacy for me in terms of finances is teaching others, teaching my kids, teaching the next generation of how to manage their money effectively. How can they build a legacy for their family and so on? I wanted to really put my children in the position that I wasn't in when I was a child. Um, their teenage lives are going to look completely different to my teenage life. Um, and it's great. It's, it's a learning curve. So that's the biggest thing that I would say for anyone wanting to build a legacy like what does it actually mean to you um how can you support your family after you've gone it's imperative it's not just you're not just trading time for money it's like how is that how can you support your family if something was to happen to you today or tomorrow will your family are your family okay and in many cases they won't be for some people because some people are in that rat race of go to work earn some money spend the money at the weekend, go back to work on Monday, earn some money, spend the money. They're not investing, they're not saving, they're not investing in personal development, they're not investing in a business opportunity. Um, they're doing nothing apart from earning and spending. And like I said, trading time for money. They work until they retire, they have no savings. Um, or if they do, I'd have some sort of pension, it's minimal. It's not something that you can thrive on when you're older. It's like having the vision as well of, the future 
I already know for a fact when I reach retirement age, bearing in mind I would have retired way before retirement age. Um, I know the fact that when I hit retirement age, I know what my life's going to look like. I'm going to be one of those old people on a yacht who and everyone's just like, oh my God, look how glam she is. She looks 25 and like, look, she's so fun and she's doing this, she's doing that. And that as well is, is, is my perspective of it because it's building a legacy for yourself. Like, yeah, it's about what you leave behind, but you also need to, in order for you to leave something behind, you need to be future focused. You need to be thinking, right, okay, how do I become the best version of myself in order to pour into as many people as possible? How can I help my family? How can I help those around me? Um, and then, like I said, when you're gone, what happens? Are they still yeah. going to be okay? Um, is your community still going to be okay? Um, I know that um, quite a lot of people who listen to this podcast, as an example, as they do with mine, are um, embody like religions, they go to church, yeah? What can you be doing for your community, your church, your family? Um, and wider than that as well, you know? And what can you be doing and what can you leave behind? Um, and ensure that everyone's okay. That's my perspective of it. I love it. Absolutely. Wow. All right, real quick, because you are a financial guru and you have that synergy about you. If someone is thinking about residual income, right, or thinking about additional income streams, give us five tips on how to bill it, what industries they should be looking into. So let's go. <laughs> okay. One thing, I'm not a financial advisor, so, and obviously I'm in the UK compared to the US, so I don't know if it's the same in the UK and the US. Um, the things that I'm interested in is property, and I'm also interested in network marketing. I think network marketing is one of the best ways that you can build residual income, um, 100%. If you um, read books such as Think and Grow Rich, um and other money books many of these are people who are extremely successful grant cardone as an example billionaire um tony robbins all of these people are huge advocates of network marketing companies that's one thing i'd say property it's not going anywhere is it it's not a fad um i know people who are making incredible moves in property and it's always like i said it's always going to be there it's always going to be a thing people are always going to need houses so those are my two things I'd say um, to explore in terms of investing if it is like your first rodeo. Um, in terms of tips, one, open mind. You need to be open-minded. If you are the type of person who says no to every single opportunity, then you're not going to get far in life. Being completely transparent. Um, the amount of times I come across people who are closed-minded, I, I feel very sorry for them. Um, one of the things that got me out of the rut that I was in was the fact that I had an open mind. I read the book. That was that someone gave to me. I implemented the things that knowing if they was going to work or not, and they worked. And then from there, I had the belief and I carried on reading things and watching things and implementing. So you need to be open-minded. Um, you need to be coachable. Don't take advice from people who haven't walked where you want to walk. Yeah. So if you want to invest in Say, say, you say you come across an amazing online business opportunity like I did when I that was my first stepping stone into entrepreneurship. Who are you joining? Is that someone who can lead you? Is that someone who's going to coach you? Is that someone who's going to mentor you? Same with anything that you get into. Don't just get into things that are just fads and you don't really respect that person in terms of that area. Uh, make sure you're joining people who you know are going to be able to support you if it's something that you've never been involved in before. Third thing I would say, work ethic. Um, 
if you want to build a life outside of your nine to five in order to eventually leave your nine to five or become your own boss or to earn passively, to have time freedom, financial freedom, you have to do what most people don't to get what most people will never experience. Um, it starts off, unfortunately, those late nights, early mornings. Um, it's going to those seminars when your friends are getting drunk on a weekend. It's saying no to things because you want to stay home and study that type of thing it's making sacrifices doing less of the things that are moving you closer moving you further away from your goals and more of the things that get you closer to your goals what are we up to now number four number four i would say think about your personal relationships your personal brand and who you are so this is just in general, because obviously if you want to be earning multiple income streams, you're investing in businesses, you're, you're going to be connecting with different people. Um, the more people you connect with, the more circles that you can be involved in, um, the more value you're able to provide to others, the more it's going to come back to you and tenfold as well. So just make sure that you're always leveling yourself up, but you know who you are. Um, like I said, I'm someone who's the same on TikTok as I am on Instagram. I'm the same on Zoom as I am in person. Like I am me the same always. I don't try to be someone who I'm not. Um, and that served me very, very well. And it will serve you as well. And then finally, the final tip, this is quite hard thinking of five tips on the spot. And I'm sure I'm going to get off. And then I'll be thinking, oh my God, those tips were so rubbish. I've got so many better oh, tips. Oh, you're doing but, good. Um, but let me think of the fifth one. Um, so, okay, <laughs> tip number five, I would say is, so we spoke about work ethic, spoke about mentors, um, spoke about being authentic, um, spoke about being open-minded, Tip number five is you have to have a vision. So if you are someone who looks at a six-figure earner or a multiple six-figure earner or a seven-figure earner or eight-income earner or whatever, and you're thinking, I'll never have that, you need to train yourself to... Get into the mindset that you can achieve that because you can. If you can't physically, and this is genuine, yeah, if you cannot physically see yourself at a certain income level, experience a certain lifestyle, um, being knowledgeable about a specific area, it's not going to happen for you. One of the things, like I said, that I had my eyes open to, thankfully, when I got introduced to personal development was that I saw what was possible, and you have to know what's possible. You need to think bigger. Why not you? This is something mm. I say so much. Like some people think, oh, it won't happen for me. They're lucky. Or um, I've not got time. I've got kids. Kids, full-time job. I was studying as well. I created a life of freedom. You can do it as well. I've gone through the biggest challenges of my life um, today. Still thrive on the other side. What about you? What are you doing? Taking accountability of your life. But it starts with that vision and being able to see yourself. And if you can't see yourself at that point yet, a lot of inner work needs to happen. A lot of visualization, a lot of goal setting. Um, anything you can be doing. Getting in the room, like you said, like, getting in the room with people. If you don't know anyone, turn up to places. You can go to free networking events. You can go to networking events that don't cost a lot of money. You can go to bigger events where you are investing. The more places you can go um, to bump into the right people to build those connections, it's going to help you because you're going to be able to see what's possible. Go and test drive your dream car. 
Go and have a look around a neighborhood that you would love to live in one day and just broaden your horizons. Like I said, it's so imperative because otherwise you're just going to be putting a ceiling on your success and you have um, a chance of sabotaging it as well when you are getting your results because you're not going to think you're worthy enough. Whereas you need to know that you are worthy. You can attain anything that you put in your mind to. Um, you just have to fully believe and trust in yourself that it's going to happen because mm-hmm. it will. Um, and that was my third, my fifth tip. I love it. Oh my God. And you know what? You made it so relatable. And I love the fact that you said visualizing it. Oh my goodness. That is so true, man. I love yeah, this. So many. Like, sorry to interrupt you. Whilst it's in my head, this is one thing I didn't say. So when I worked my way up the corporate ladder, and like I said, I've hit those six figures, I then in my head that I was like thinking, right, I've made it, yeah, I've, I've hit six figures. But then when I ended up earning passively or had an opportunity to earn passively, I couldn't get my head around the fact that it was even a thing. I had to really do the inner work to understand that I could be earning passively. The fact that I could do the work once and get paid for it for the rest of my life and not physically trade time for money, that was not in my, I had to really work on myself. Even though I was on this personal development journey, even though I'd had that success already, um, it was still a work in progress for me at that time. And that wasn't even that long ago, coming up to four years. Yeah. So again, and I'm in my thirties now. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're in your thirties or in your forties, your fifties, your sixties or whatever, don't, you can, you can do it at any time. Um, just learn about the things. And like I said, you've got to visualize it. I started being able to put myself in a position where I could leave the corporate world because I had taught myself that I could earn a passive income and that I didn't have to trade time for money, but I had to do that work to build that belief system that it was possible. Does that make sense? Um, Absolutely. Thank you so much. Rebecca Shanuga, wife, mother, entrepreneur, business coach, amazing woman indeed. Thank you so much. So really quick, because of course, you know, the listeners need to find you online. One, how can they find you? And two, you have an event next year in 2024 that you're planning for in person. Let's, you know, talk a little bit about that. And most imperatively, as we end this podcast, what is one gem that you can give our listeners who are mostly women? I think 70% of our listeners are women, one gem. So where can folks find you? Talk a little bit about your in-person event in 2024 and one gem. You can, you've, you've given a lot, but yeah, one gem you can leave with our listeners. Yeah, so, um, how wake up, let's think then, where can you find me? Instagram's the best place to find me, at Rebecca Shanuga, R-E-B-E-C-C-A-S-O-N-U-G-A. If you're listening and you are not on Instagram, which is very unlikely, but if that's the case, you can email me, info at RebeccaShanuga.com. Um, feel free to message me with any insights questions um i'm always happy to chat to you by email or insta um what's the second question wow my's gone blank 
So you have an event in 2020. It was an affiliate event. Yeah, the event. Okay, so yeah, the event. So I have a um, coaching program, which is Mindset Mastery Online. My in-person event is a live version of, of the online program. It is incredible. It's three days. Um, my next one's happening in November this year. Um, and then I have some scheduled for 2024 as well. So at the moment, they happen in the UK. Um, but there are plans to expand that into international markets. I have quite a large network already in the US, which is great. Um, people who are 100% going to get value from that event. Um, so that's something that's definitely in the pipeline that I am going to explore. Um, but yeah, it's just a great place for someone to come who needs that oomph. Um, they are going to leave that event feeling completely inspired like they can be and do anything they wish. Um, my niche is more online business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs. Um, like I said, I do help a range of different people, as um, people can see from my testimonies and that type of thing. Um, however, a lot of people who come to me in person events are, like, like I said, aspiring entrepreneurs and stuff. Um, so we delve into all of the mindset blocks that they are experiencing um, that are stopping them from showing up, that are stopping them from showing up authentically, that are stopping them from being consistent. Um, people have an opportunity to be coached one-to-one um, in front of people at the event. We have guest speakers. Um, it really is incredible. Like I said, I'm quite um, a direct person. I say it how it is. People don't come to the events because they want to leave the same. They come to the events because they want to make a change and they are going to receive transformations through leaving um, after leaving the event, which is insane. Gem, biggest gem is you need to not care what people think. You need to make sure that you write your own story. It doesn't matter the experiences you've gone through. Yes, I am a believer that everything you have now, your finances, your career, your confidence, your relationships, everything that you are experiencing positive and negative at this moment in time is down to the choices that you've made up until this point. The beautiful thing is you can change your choices going forward. If you're looking out of your window now and you're not happy with your current circumstances, you can change it. You don't need to stay with that horrible partner. You don't need to stay in that job that you hate. You don't need to be scrambling for coins at Christmas. Um, you can create life-changing life amounts of income, but it starts from a decision and you have to block out the naysayers. Many people who are unsuccessful are surrounded by naysayers we've said it before get in the right circles i'm not saying ditch your friends i'm not saying cut off all your family members whatsoever and um, what i'm saying is protect your energy make sure you're getting in the right circles speaking with people who are going to support you and bring you up um, and that is the first step and like i said if someone hasn't got the bank account that you want if someone hasn't got the results that you want if someone hasn't got the success that you want the confidence that you want the relationship that you want don't listen to them listen to the we people love it. Wow. Love it. Agree 100%. Thank you so much, my beautiful friend. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you guys. Oh my gosh, girl. You know, we could talk all day. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode of the new season. I hope you guys love this episode. So many values, so many gems where we spoke about. So really, we hope that you were able to get something out of this amazing conversation. Make sure you guys follow Rebecca. Of course, we're going to have all her social media as well. Um, guys, thank you. We will see you on the next episode of Chop It Up Podcast. Bye, you guys.